everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. I am your host, John, and with me, as always, my co-host Jeff is here. Hello there. We are the podcast that watch the movies that you make us to, and this time we... Yeah, they make us. They make us watch these movies. They make us too, as in you and I, as in there's two they of us. They make so. us too yeah. watch movies. Okay, no, I get the it The number I'm... two. Yeah. <laughs> You're lucky I'm here to solve that for you. <laughs> solve for X. It's two. <laughs> we had to watch Spawn. Todd McFarlane's Hell Cape Man is here to save the day-ish. It's Spawn. <laughs> Yay, Spawn. I can't even remember when this came out. I just remember the soundtrack. Oh, of course, because the soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks, bar none, period. Like, it is up there with Mortal Kombat and Hackers. It's funny, when I try and Google Spawn movie, just so I can see when it came 1997, by the way. Uh, but when I Google, it was like, Spawn 2019? Spawn 2020? Did you mean Spawn 2021? Because McFarlane's one of those guys who is just always announcing that the movies, another movie is about to happen. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he's had like a cartoon done at one point, and there was like a proof of concept trailer thing for a Spawn movie that came out a couple years ago. But he is constantly, you are right, just being like, eh, new Spawn movie. We're going to, you guys remember like 25 years ago when people gave a shit about Spawn? He's back. Spawn? You want some Spawn? I still got some Spawn. I got Spawn half off. I got some spawn in the fridge. It's still good. We can heat it up. I do. I mean, I appreciate it because it's nice to know there's a guy out there like that with kind of a Kevin Smithish devotion to um, upselling work that pro- I'm sure he's taking meetings here and there to try and get this made. And every time he's on Twitter or Twitter or whatever, whoever interviews him at a convention, he's always like, hell yeah, brother. It's going to be hard R rated. The bad guy's going to be a cybernetic gorilla. I've got it all figured the fuck out. <laughs> uh, yep. I, God, this is, if you have listened to this podcast and our other works over the years, Mm -hmm. you may remember that Spawn is one of the movies that up until this point was a scene missing in my brain. Yeah, Uh, yeah. You just had like a a picture of a very confused chicken standing near an unplugged outlet when you tried to, uh, it was like, hey, John, have you seen Spawn? It was just like technical difficulties. Oh, yeah. No, I went and saw this in theaters all I could remember was the word spawn with fire behind it. And then that was it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I I had strong memories of uh, a guy who I would later remember was Michael Jai White uh, saying Wanda like more than once. And basically everything spawned from roughly this era looked the same. So I could kind of picture the crappy on fire looking font that was being, you know, aggressively shake, uh, shook in front of the camera and a few other things, but ultimately, I've seen it, and I didn't care for it. Yeah, well, I saw it, and apparently I didn't care for it so much that I repressed it, and then I watched it again now, and I'm like, no, I was right the first time. <laughs> Just gonna put this sucker back into cold storage. Yep, that, those memories are going right back into the freezer. I want to say I saw this in theaters. That was the year I graduated high school that it came out, and it might have been that I went I, I want to th- I want to say I went with people after we graduate, like in the summer after we graduate. Yeah, no, I I know who I went with. I can remember everything up to the movie starting and just nothing. Yeah, I because the thing is, I have a stronger recollection for Spawn video games than for this movie. 
So I remember like the the incredibly impossibly unfair Super Nintendo game oh. uh, that that where you had to spend your necroplasm to do your moves, but the game just didn't give you any. You couldn't do anything. Aw. So you, the whole game, you just ran around jump kicking. And then the incredibly over-the-top and stupid-as-hell Dreamcast game, which was more like an early arena fighter than anything with a story. Huh. Yeah, you could pick, like, 600 different characters. It was all like, oh, do you want to play as some, like, fat gangster or a dog? Go ahead. You just They dump you into the arena. You've got your face buttons mapped to some moves that a dog might do, and you <laughs> run around and try to kill the other guy. <laughs> well, that sounds delightful. It is very fun. I mean, it's extremely stupid and not even close to balanced, but it is very fun. Good. That sounds like a Dreamcast game. Exactly. Now, this, on the other hand, this movie is not a whole lot of fun. I mean, it's some fun. Uh, I mean, the biggest takeaway I had from watching this was, God damn, this is boring. Like, yeah, for a movie that's supposed to be like, the proto uh, gritty and dark and everything sucks, bruh, I'm going to kill people. I was like, man, nothing happens in here and everyone's just talking to each other and it sucks ass. Well, it's because it spawns one of those 90s characters who's got way too complicated of a backstory to knock it out in a movie. Oh, yeah. So like, they have to have a narrator and an exposition character. So you're like, all yeah. right, we got to get as much as we can in here. Yeah, Spawn is simply too complicated of a game. You know what? Can I go ahead and just say this before we even get into the main episode? Yeah, sure. Spawn has never been my jam. No. I I, I remember seeing the, the statuettes in Sam Goody when I was a kid, and every time I'd be like, yeah, those are very neat looking, I suppose, but I do not care about this character or his problems. He, he is too edgy for me. Yeah, like, you know, a hell guy who's got chains and a cape and whatnot. I'm like, eh, you're just just kind of a less interesting ghostwriter to me and i don't like it and he suffers from the same problems that a ghostwriter suffers from which is largely just that he's sort of you know generically indestructible and every episode is uh, or comic book or cartoon or whatever is him showing up with a bunch of guns laying waste to the regular bad guys the big bad guy fills him full of bullets he looks like he goes down but he's immortal so he just gets back up and kills the guy gruesomely uh cut print yeah that is one of those problems with a character where it's like, oh yeah, you're uh, you're not even alive. You're just you can't die, and all you got to do is think about being alive, and you are. And you're like, oh good, there's no tension here. Hooray! Yeah, and I'll say the other thing that always bothered me about him is that there's a really neat concept in the Spawn power set, which is the necroplasm thing, where it's like, oh, you're running on a ticking clock. You're you're packed full of evil gas, and you can use that evil gas to either stay alive or do cool do cool superpowers. But if you ever run out. You go back to hell forever. And I was like, that is cool because that's going to limit him on what he can do and so on. But nah, that comic ran for 30 years. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know what? We Let's have. Get into it? Yeah, we've talked about how garbage this is in a generic fashion. Let's talk about how garbage this is in a specific fashion. We are going to sure. take a little break, a little music, and we are going to come back with the absolutely jam packed, spoilerific review of spa satan 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 we're back and it is time 
it's time to to really dig through the ditches and burn through the witches. It's <laughs> spawn. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, it's spawn. And and when you like you were saying in the intro, this movie has an exp- a whole character who doesn't do anything but narrate and then shows up at the end to kind of help and another character who stands around explaining everything all the way through the movie. So you've got the the duties of explaining what the shit's going on with this guy is handed over to Cogliostro and the Violator and both of them just have to constantly explain everything for about an hour and a half. Oh yeah. And the weirdest part about this is honestly you could have gotten rid of like I would say a good 75% of that and it wouldn't matter cuz no one gives a shit. Like, you could have just said, oh, uh, you went to hell and you made a deal with a Windows screensaver to get power. (laughs) And yeah, that would have been a lot better than the microwave troll doll that they try to pass off as Malabolgia here. Oh, especially because they don't even try to, like, move its mouth to when it speaks. It just sits there. Its mouth is open. It is the worst CGI you have ever seen. And it's just fucking Frank Welker being like, hey, buddy, you gotta lead my army. Now, I I gotta assume that they tried lip-syncing the Malabolgia CGI model and realized it would actually look better if they were just like, uh, his talking comes out of his mouth, but his mouth doesn't move. It's one of his many evil powers. Yeah, God, it was so bad. All of the CG in this is so bad. And that's oh yeah, I like, understand the scene where <laughs> like the people that are like, oh, we'll do a new spawn because good god, at least you'd be able to kind of do it now. But yeah, back the scene then, where spawn actually goes to hell is embarrassing. It is straight up screensaver time, and then like a three D render that you would get from a college kid that stands still while someone talks. Yeah. Yeah, and then in the scene where him and Cogliostro fall into hell and have to fight, like, Violator, it Violator, you know, kind of looks like he was off the box of a 1997 video card. Oh, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that scene when they're in hell and Spawn uses his green lightning to kill a whole army, and the even the green lightning was, like, all pixelated. It's just like, oh, boy, it, it, it looks like it's happening in Reboot. Yeah, it's so bad the whole way through. And I mean... It's it's not even just that the CG is bad, which it it very much is. It's yeah. also the way that this movie was shot that everything feels low tension as well with the CG because it'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, we're fighting Violator, and even our garbage Violator still takes up too much of our budget. So all we can do is show like the same close-up shot of his face, and then. People go flying, and there's no actual fighting involved here. Yeah, yeah. There's very few scenes where anyone actually manages to punch anyone else. Uh, after the in- introductory stuff, where Michael Jai White is still in his role as you know just a uh, Agent Simmons, a badass. Yeah. Uh, the 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 early part of Spawn's backstory before he dies, where he's just uh, an awesome secret agent mercenary kind of guy. Oh yeah, or, Al Simmons is. Working for A6, a company that apparently has, like, CIA levels of extrajudicial nonsense that they do, but I guess are a mm-hmm. private company. Like, I'm not really sure how they fit. With Given that we get an hour of what the plan for, like, Hell's Army and how souls work and what, like, necro 
plasm is. I had no idea what A6's deal was. I could have used two minutes of explanation on that. Yeah, I think A6 is, they keep calling it a uh, a corporation or something like that as opposed a to a, uh, a conglomerate. There you go. As opposed to, I think it starts as a governmental entity, but very quickly becomes not one. Although well, it's hard to tell when that happens or how. I mean, I know that uh, Michael Sheen is... Uh, uh, that is definitely Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Uh, Michael Sheen. My, not Michael Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, a very different film, but it would be appreciable. I would very much enjoy that. Martin Sheen <laughs> <laughs> plays Jason Wynn, who is the head of A6. And at some point, he talks about how, like, he's getting people to join his conglomerate and anyone who doesn't is going to die. So yeah. I, I, I don't know if it started as a government thing or if they were just mercenaries for the government and then they decided fuck it we're a mafia or something i'm not really sure yeah i'm assuming they were supposed to be like a blackwater kind of deal like mercenaries for the government but still accountable and so on because ultimately even though simmons starts this movie conducting an assassination you're supposed to think of him as you know just a hard-edged good guy i uh, i mean he's he's one of those characters that it's it's really hard when the narrative tries to redeem him when he's like Oh, I, I just straight up used a rocket to murder these four people, but I also killed a dozen civilians. You didn't say there were going to be civilians there. And I'm like, dude, I watched you use your little night vision goggles to trace people, and you saw a shitload of dudes there that weren't the yeah. four you were going to kill. Exactly. He kept panning over people and being like, that's not my target. That's not my target. There's my target. Anyway, fire this missile that'll kill everybody within a 50-yard radius. How you didn't tell me I'd be killing civilians. What are you talking about? And we're supposed to also know, like, in his background, oh, he's done a ton of these. He's an absolute murder monster with no remorse who goes into places and kills people and blows stuff up. And you're like, okay, I... Mm -hmm. I I guess now, after several missions, you're like, oh, the dozen civilians in this one, well, that's that's too far. Now I'm done. See, the thing is, I think this is a movie problem. I'm pretty sure in the comics, they weren't going to worry about this kind of thing. It'd be like, yeah, before he got turned into Spawn, he was not a good person. Well, there's a reason he goes to hell. Yeah, exactly. But in the movie, we can't we can't just have the movie be all bad guys. That That wouldn't play. This is... The, the uh, superhero movies need to have a clear hero, so we'll have him be real mad that he killed civilians. Yeah, I'm real angry, and I'm going to quit after one last job. <laughs> From Martin Sheen, who, man, they, the last job in like North Korea where it's an obvious trap, and it's where they kill him, and he gets turned into spawn and all. Uh, <laughs> Martin Sheen comes out in a silver jump shoot, and that is not a good look for him. I gotta say, so both Martin Sheen and... Uh, Agent Priest, uh, Melinda Clark, yeah, are sort of the the main two human bad guys. Mm -hmm. And when they set him up in North Korea, they're like, "Oh, there's a deadly agent. We need you to go blow up the factory where it is to neutralize this virus thing." And then they're like, yeah. "Haha, we actually want to spread it and murder you." Oh yeah, because he's like, "What's going on? We got to disable the virus." And they're like, "No, there's a nearby town, eight thousand test subjects." And he's like, "I won't let you do it." It's so it's weird to me, though, that throughout this movie, Martin Sheen's character keeps showing up to do his own dirty work. Like, it's one thing yeah. if you're like, oh, I sent Agent Priest because she's 
like a murder dominatrix and my number two in command. Great. Sure. That makes sense because you're like, well, I want to make sure that someone can actually handle the ultra murder man that is Al Simmons. But you're a fucking bureaucrat. Why are you jumping down in a silver jumpsuit and an Uzi and being like, hey there, Simmons. <laughs> I hope you can see me coming. I kind of look like that balloon from when Balloon Boy was in the news. <laughs> it's so weird to me that they're like, oh, yeah, this this Jason Wynn guy, he needs to be there. He's a real hands on boss. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that both of these are actual characters from from the comics. Uh, Jessica Priest, of course, being an, a, a villain who eventually gets turned into a spawn of her own. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's very silly watching her do her own dirty work. Um, or, sorry, uh, Wynn doing his own dirty work. But yeah, she Priest catches him unawares, and it turns out she has a gun that can... Uh, it's a regular gun, so she might as well have shot him with it. But she doesn't want to. Instead, she uses the uh, the underslung part of her gun that squirts green napalm on people. Oh, yeah. Well, they want to burn him alive in the four seconds before this place explodes. Yeah. So he gets uh, he gets burned alive and then also explodified. And then it's time for his tunnel into hell. Yeah. And then we just get, you know, the opening credits, really, because, oh, he pops up five years later and he doesn't remember anything and he's just a very burned up michael jai white yep he gets tossed into the alley uh where it, it's like a place between places i can't it's supposed to be partially supernatural uh but also part of the real world like you could just leave it yeah it's the i want to say it's like the rat's nest or rat alley or something but yeah. uh Cagliostro, our narrator for much of this, is also an, I assume, angel-ish character? Like, not no, an he's a previous, he's a previous spawn. Well, yeah, he, he is a redeemed spawn, but I don't know if, like, going to the side of the angels gave him anything, or if it's just, nah, I'm just a spawn that works for heaven. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I want to say his deal is that he basically just said no to hell and kept himself alive for a really long time by just conserving the last chunk of his hell spawn power of his necroplasm or whatever. Yeah. He is that, 500 years old, so he's yeah, been around a bit. Yeah. And it's, it's not that he's on the side of the angels or anything like that. It's, it's just that he's, uh, he was just like Malabolgia, no more. And then he just kept his last little, little battery pack, uh, to, to hang around and do, <laughs> And display his scary sword to nobody every once in a while. Yeah, that's he's using up a, the last of his uh, life energy to go, hey, my hand is a sword now, and now it isn't. Wasn't that neat? Yeah. By the way, this is not normally, John and I know, a, a uh, between the two of us, a, a ludicrous amount about Marvel and a lesser l ludicrous amount about DC. Uh, I don't even know. I, I don't even know what image. Is this image? Uh, that, that spawn? I don't. I could I don't even not remember. tell you. <laughs> So, so if we're wrong about 90% of this, go easy on us. Neither of us read this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have to just go off what they give us in the movie. And yes, it is Image Comics. And okay. Yeah, no. We get an entire Cagliostro narration. But when he wakes up, we also get John Leguizamo as Violator slash the Clown in a role that I... I can only say I feel sorry for him in. 
I feel like he's having the most fun in the movie, but it is a very difficult role, uh, and he does it with just gusto. Oh, yeah. It's just very bad. And also, this is 1997, so there's a lot of things that would not fly nowadays getting thrown around. Oh, not only are there a lot of things that wouldn't fly nowadays, but I'm assuming you saw this the same way I did, which is to pay four bucks to watch it on Amazon Prime. Oh, no, I watched it on YouTube. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. So you probably saw an original version of it. The Amazon Prime cut is the TV edit. Oof. So, but the thing is, the closed captions were provided by New Line Cinema, so they're the original closed captions. <laughs> so every time, every time I had to watch porn, because it's all Violator stuff. It's anytime anyone says "kill," the TV edit changes it so that they say "nail." And keep this is fucking Spawn of all things. So anytime you're watching Spawn, say "I'm gonna nail that dirtbag," and then in the closed captions, it just says "I'm going to kill that dirtbag." And you're just like, oh, come on. Really? In Spawn, we couldn't have him say kill? I mean, the guy is dead. It's PG-13, for one. So, you know, they get, like, two swear words in the movie. Yeah. But but uh, basically, the clown said a lot of deeply sexual, creepy stuff that they had to... They, they edit all the way through in the movie, and it's just, I I remember some of these lines. The one where he's random models show up to escort him out of a scene, and he's just like, hey, hey, you ladies ever taken a ride on a clown's pink pony? And the the uh, line of the TV edit is, have you ever seen a clown's pink playroom? Wowzers. <laughs> yippee ki Mr. Falcon. Yes, it's entirely that all the way through. And sometimes it, the jokes don't even make any sense. Like, I don't care about order in this one. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Uh, in, in the end, when he's dying uh, and he's just a, a head sitting on the ground, he he turns to Wanda and says, Hey, Wanda, how do you like my little head? Instead of, how's about a little head? Wow. Like, I mean, the, that's not the joke anymore. They turned the joke to off. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just sad. But I know I, I've read about his performance of this movie uh, and he he was really into it. He leaned way in that famous scene where he eats the maggot pizza. That's a real thing. He actually ate a pizza covered oh, yeah. in, or shoved a pizza covered in maggots into his mouth for this. Oh, I know the fact that he was like, worms. oh, yeah, I'm going to put an earthworm in my mouth and put some maggot covered pizza in my mouth all for the sake of my amazing character this clown in spawn yeah i I, i'd like to think that he would straight up turn this down now i mean yes probably (laughs) also i find it amusing that they're terrified of having him just say i'm the violator he says it at one point right after he lists the name of all i want to say there's like five brothers that all start with v uh i mean he does a a joke one at the end where he says he's not the vibrator yeah but he's but like, he I'm not the vindicator, the I'm not the victimizer, I'm not the the, the vo- vocaloid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the violator. And then he turns into this, you know, actually looks pretty close to the violator, to be honest, because the violator always looked, even when he was a high-priced action figure to Sam Goody, kind of like a CGI thing that had been stretched out all bad. Yes. At least with that, I was like, I mean, he looks awful because this all looks awful, but... You know, it's accurate. No, I got to say, the, uh, he looks pretty much like the same thing as Malabolgia. The thing that makes Malabolgia look so much worse is the floating CGI troll hair. Well, also this. 
Yeah, the, the hair is a big part. Also, anytime you, they usually just show Malabolgia from the head, but every once in a while they'll show a wide shot. You can see his arms, and they have flaps that don't move on them, and they yep. just look like they forgot to animate the arms, but then they put them in the movie anyway. Yep. So... It is, it is straight up just a 3D rendered model, and the only move it can do is open mouth. Yeah, exactly. It just goes, ah, ah, ah. Anyway, uh, Cogliostro finds Spawn in the alley and is like, hey, this is the alley. You're welcome to stay here if you want. I could explain a lot of things to you, but it'd be funnier if you went bumbling around the city for a while first. So I'm just going to say weird cryptic shit. You're going to get mad and walk away. Instead, at any point, I could have said, hey, You've been dead for five years, and your wife is is remarried. I know these things. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Cagliostro really could have just expositioned about half of this movie out, but whatever. Well, it's weird because the movie feels exceptionally boring because there's so much long-winded exposition and narration, and all these little wipes to a CGI thing for a half a second, and then wiping away from them again. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's so much... <laughs> Violator... Ends up going up to him and being like, hey, I've got to I've got to give you a flashback. So we're going to show another minute of what we've already shown in this movie. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to let you hang out in the world's worst screensaver. And then uh, I'm still not going to explain anything to you. <laughs> yeah. But, but first, he wanders out of the alley. And he's like, I got to get home to Wanda. And Conley Ostro's just like, well, I, you know, I could explain to you that you don't you shouldn't and why you shouldn't. But I'm a cryptic old wizard man, so I'm not going to say stuff that would be useful. Instead, I'm just going to say, like, ah, oh, the world has no place for you now. And he's like, I have a home. And then leaves. And you're like, yeah, my dude, pick your words. <laughs> it's an idiot plot thing. And it's one of my least favorite kinds of idiot plot thing. The the one where they the character has ample chance to say the thing, but instead it's just like, ah, you are welcome here. The world is mysterious. It's it's just the the uh, superhero version of, of, if you could just give me a moment. Oh, if I could only be allowed to explain myself. Please, don't walk away. Hang on for one moment while I explain. Uh, you know, when they could have just said, like, that was my sister. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean... I don't really care about getting into everything. Uh, no, please skip whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. Like, he goes to Wanda's and sees that she's remarried to his old partner, and they have a kid. Now, mm -hmm. at that point, whatever, Violator takes him away, and he gives him his little flashback. And we get a long period of time where Violator just takes Spawn and, like, teleports him around and tells him what's happening. And every time he does... He's just like, what? I don't understand. I just gave you a flashback and showed you when you died and went to hell and made a deal with the devil. And then you're like, mm -hmm. wait, am I dead? Yes, you dumb motherfucker. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would never make a deal with the devil. Well, here's you doing it. We've got footage. I've got psychic footage of you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I did do I mean, that. But still, wait, I mean, weird. <laughs> Well, the lucky thing for him is that the first of Malabolgia's orders is just kill the guy who killed you. Well, yeah, there's so he, the whole so plot first, of this just like, is supposed to yeah. be like, oh, yeah, we set up when to be uh, a bad guy and we give him a whole bunch of stuff. So he'll create a virus that kills everyone and then we'll have him kill Simmons so that Simmons is angry enough to kill when because we're going to convince when to get a heart monitor that if he dies it blows up the virus and i just keep thinking 
Well, why don't you have the Violator just murder him? Like, why do you need Spawn to stab this guy? I mean, I could kind of understand it if they went ahead and said it. They, the movie's all exposition anyway. They could have cut half of this exposition out and just had a, a single line where Violator says, like, ah, I'm not allowed to kill people myself. There's rules, but you are. That would have been that would have made it OK. That would have explained why he doesn't just do everything himself. Or, but as you it know, stands, even if even it was like, where, oh, this is your test, you have to kill a guy like specifically this guy, get revenge, and then your soul will belong to the dark side. Yeah, that would also make sense. Uh, instead, what happens is that Violator is trying to play like he's just playing all sides. Like he's, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to I'm gonna get Spawn mad enough to kill Wynn. I'm going to make it so that if Wynn dies, a lot of other people die. It'll be great. And then I'm just like, but there's no rule that seems to be stopping you from just killing people yourself. You're just wandering around. You, you consistently seem to be interested in, although, to be very fair, the Violator never kills anyone in this movie. Um... Actually, I think he might be responsible for one death. Oh, okay. Because I was like, he gets in several fights, but all he ever manages to do is just sort of knock people backwards. He doesn't even kill the dog he picks up. No, I think at one point he killed... There's a little street urchin named Zack, and... Uh, you think he got his dad? His dad gets, like, thrown into a wall by Violator at one point, and later on they cover him up with, like, a blanket like full body bag style and i was like oh i guess he's dead so that's okay, the so one person so violator managed to kill one person but couldn't take out a dog yeah pretty much yeah uh, but he spends almost all of the movie as clown and he even like is like i hate clowns i don't like them anyway you should call me clown oh yeah oh also that little kid is uh miko hughes which is if you've seen anything in the 90s the little kid from anything in the 90s so Pet Cemetery or Kindergarten Cop or New Nightmare, any of that shit. He's the kid in everything. Okay. So he's like the kid that's, well, other than, than uh, Kindergarten Cop, he shows up in a lot of horror stuff. Yeah, he's often he's a creepy kid. little kid, too. That's that's great. Good for him. I, I'm, I'm glad he found a thing. Yeah, and then he got too old, and I don't know that he did anything after that. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back for Spawn 2024 or whatever. Oh, I hope so. I hope he's the new Zack's dad instead of being Zack, yeah. and it'll come full circle. <laughs> Uh, Spawn gets all wound up by the clown that he should go kill Wynn, uh, and then goes, just gets sent out. Now, throughout this, it's constantly being mentioned to him that, like, at each step, at first he just looks like, you know, beef jerky or a guy in a rubber bodysuit. Yeah. And then his armor grows on, but it's not hardened yet, and they're like, yeah, now you have superpowers, go kill Wynn. And then he can't, and, and Cogliostro has to be like, hey, you didn't learn how to use your superpowers. Yeah, and you'd think, you know... Given that Violator once spawned to kill this guy, he'd be like, hey, you know, you got superpowers. You could just think about a chain shooting out of you and murdering him and it will, you know, yeah, do that. <laughs> but I guess it's funnier for him if he doesn't. Uh, so he goes off to assault Wynn, who is attending a, a party where he goes to various evil dictators that you can tell they're evil dictators because they're wearing stereotypical clothing from other countries oh yeah you can tell that these are the the bad people because it's two dudes wearing like arab garb and two dudes wearing daishikis and you can tell ooh, these are bad dictator guys they're gonna mm -hmm. use this uh heat 16 virus for bad things because they are not a white and american <laughs> yeah uh, and then Spawn just bursts in through the ceiling, 
and and uh, starts murdering people. This is when we finally get to see Agent Priest do anything. Uh, in the f- ensuing five years since she was a secret agent, she has decided to adopt an ill-fitting leather bodysuit. Well, I mean, even when she got introduced, her whole thing was like, yeah, I'm a little sex kitten dominatrix lady who also likes guns. Hello, this is the 90s in comics. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at her her uh, write up on an image fan site right now, and it's like she's one of the world's most deadly and insane assassins. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> deadly and insane. As a five year old girl, she was found outside her house roasting marshmallows from the flames that burned it down. Great, good, uh, fabulous. Spawn. <laughs> Man, God, uh, those '90s fucking image comics. <laughs> God, if there was ever a chance for us to do like a, a visual review of some kind, I'd want to go after some of those comics from that era. Oh, I would need to just find some like this bloods for you nonsense and do that. <laughs> oh yeah, bloodshot, death blood, this bloods for you, yabba dabba doom. <laughs> Good shit, man. The best of shit. <laughs> but here, you know, uh, he pops in. He tries to shoot. Win a a fat guy with no powers and nothing going for him sure is survivable in most of these situations because Spawn bursts in through the from the ceiling with just a, a an assault rifle and fails to kill him and then just sort of watches as he cowers on the floor. Priest comes in, starts unloading at him with two guns, but he while he manages to easily kill Priest, he never manages to get another shot off on Win. Yeah, it's very strange to me because. Like, he comes in, and he has Win by the throat, and instead of just killing him, he's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna, like, super villain monologue at you, and yeah. gets shot up by Priest, and then realizes, oh, I can, like, that doesn't kill me, I can just close my weird necroplasm back up, and it's fine. Oh, that's, oh god damn it, that's right, because one thing this movie couldn't help itself from is having him say things like, hell yeah, and now that's what I'm talking about. Uh, which really doesn't seem to fit the Spawn image especially well. No, it does not. But, he, like, he's super excited. Cool, I can heal from bullets. So he just mm-hmm. goes out and then murders Priest. Yeah, and he's also very, very mad at the other agent that works for uh, for Wynn, Terry. Because Terry, in the five years ensuing, has married Wanda, his his former girlfriend or wife or whatever. His fiance. His fiance, and he's really he's like, how could you marry Wanda? And you know that guy's the, the interesting thing about that character is that he's not a bad guy. He just works for. Wanda. Yeah, I mean, his so whole stu- plan, even when we see him five years ago, is he's like, I think something's up with Win. I'm gonna keep an eye on him and try and figure out what's going on. Like he's probably the one character in here that is actively trying to be good yeah uh so so spawn manages to kill priest but then a bunch of cops burst in and spawn runs away and uses a hilarious power to turn himself into a section of wall on the outside of the house after he discovers his cape oh yeah he like he runs on the outside of a building and it's you know one of those gotham city style skyscraper things and so he goes to the edge of one of the walls, and then he makes himself appear to be a section of that brick wall using his cape. And then, mm-hmm. immediately stops doing that, and continues to run, and they still see him. It's just the most pointless thing, because he also never uses his cape for camouflage again. They establish that he can look like stuff, and then never use it, and it's not even useful in the situation where it comes up. 
Yeah, yep. Also, the cape effects in this movie are probably the best effects in this movie, but it still kind of looks like he's waving around a giant spit-out fruit roll-up. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely a terrible CGI fruit roll-up is exactly what I was thinking when I was looking at it as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to get too mad at that one. It's 1997, CGI wasn't quite ready for the, for the insane thing that is Spawn's cape. Like, even in games that came out several years later, they couldn't do the cape, and they had to just have him turn his cape into an axe at the start of the game. Hi, Soul Calibur 2 fans. I remember you. Ah. Uh, but, but yeah, they keep having him use powers that he'll never use again that aren't useful in the situation when he uses them, and it's just because they want to put all of his stuff on screen. Yep. It's just so annoying to be like, ah, he uses this power to get away and doesn't. Why did you even <laughs> do that then? Plus, he could just fly. The, he jumps in the air, and the cape carries him off, looking for all the world like a, I don't know, a CGI blood clot. Well, I mean, at least that just, he didn't know he could do, because up to this true. point, he's just been, like, using his powers subconsciously. You're like, all right, great, sure. I think my favorite thing about his powers in this movie is they make brief mention of the whole necroplasm, you'll eventually run out restriction at one. And again, I don't care that we're jumping around here, um, but... There's a scene where he's going to go kill uh, Wynn for real this time or whatever. He's like, this time I'm definitely going to get him. And he's like armoring himself up with all these like crazy guns and so on. And Cogliostro is like, hey, man, walk with me. Let me teach you about your chains and your cape. And he does. And then at the end, he's like, hey, look, this is the deal. Uh, you have a limited supply of power. So eventually, if you use up all your power, and you will need to use your power for even basic shit like healing yourself and staying alive, if you use it all up, you'll die and go to hell forever. Uh, and, and he, you know, Simmons is like, yeah, thanks for the lesson. Anyway, I guess I won't be needing these guns. And you're like, no, he just told you, you definitely would. Yeah. Cogliostro is as well. is like, like, yeah, exactly. You won't be needing those guns. Use your cool chains instead. And I'm like, no, the whole point of spawn is that you are trained as a super mercenary and you have a lot of guns so that you don't run out of hell fuel. Oh yeah. And especially when you're like, he's going to go kill some regular like CEO human, it's not like you need to bust out the superpowers to go beat up Jeff Bezos. It's okay. Yeah, and is uh, is killing him with those chain things really going to be that much more satisfying that you got to get to within 20 feet of him and make sure he sees these stupid scorpion chains coming at him? Or couldn't you just snipe him from outside the building and be like, yeah, he's dead. Okay, good, I did it. Nope. It's got to be up close and personal because it's personal. Gotta use a melee weapon. I gotta get up I next just, to him. I, I just couldn't believe it because it was the first time in the movie that the concept of limited supplies of necroplasm had come up where they were like, yes, eventually, if you use this power too often, you will die. Well, then I guess I won't need these cool guns. Like, no, that's the opposite of what he just said. <laughs> it's weird that both of you are nodding about that. <laughs> well, I mean, he's brain spanking new. <laughs> Cogliostro's been able to dick around for 500 years. Spawn's probably got an ass load of extra plasm just kicking around in him to use for cool stuff. Yeah, I guess he's got lots of spare, but why start wasting it now? I don't Wait know. until you got to fight a supervillain and not just Martin Sheen. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, there's a whole bunch of happenstance that occurs throughout this move. The, the Violator fight happens when the clown shows up mad because uh, Spawn hasn't managed to kill Wynn yet. And he's like, I set so much effort setting up this fight, blah, 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 blah. And then Spawn throws him against a wall, and he gets real mad and says he's going to cut him up and mail his bits to all 50 states. Yeah. 
Leguizamo's uh, got a lot of business in this movie. There's so much. It's there's some heavy Leguizamo business in the here. Yeah, and it's especially bad when you're watching the TV edit because he keeps saying shit that doesn't make any sense because they've edited the joke away. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but he he gets mad and turns into the Violator and has a fight in the alley with Spawn. Uh, which I don't even Spawn doesn't really win. He he loses. In fact, Violator picks him up and spears him to the top of a fence, and it's just like, yeah, this is the deal. You and I are gonna work together to fit, to kill Win, and then you're gonna help me uh, and Malabulgia take over heaven. So you know, don't try that shit again, okay? <laughs> I I just I hate everything about this fight. I need to say that because <laughs> well, the- yeah, because it doesn't look like a fight. No, like I said earlier, the fight scenes in this are so bad, and so much of this fight is just like shot reverse shot of him and Mal er, and Violator, where it's just like, here's the CGI dude, here is the face of Spawn, here is the CGI dude again. Oh, someone yeah. went flying, and you're like, this is the worst fight that I've never seen, and <laughs> also. Yeah, the fact that he's like, yeah, anyway, I know you're, you know, not on board, not doing what I want you to do, and also actively fighting against me. But uh, anyway, please attempt to continue doing the thing I want you to do. Yeah. And in the interim, he goes to uh, to win, does Violator, and Violator's been working with Win the entire time. He's like his secret advisor, and uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, here's the deal. You should get a a, a heart implant that makes it so that if you die, all of these super virus bombs go off all over the world. That way, no one would dare kill you. Yes, indeed. And that is going to be the MacGuffin of the film, is the heart implant that Martin Sheen has, where if you kill him, uh, a bunch of bombs go off. And it will be dealt with easily and instantly the moment Spawn finds out about it. Oh, yeah. It is barely an inconvenience, because <laughs> Spawn's just like, oh, you do? Cool. I'll use a power no one knew I had and I didn't know I had, and that makes no sense, to just remove it from you. Yeah. <laughs> he uses, like, necrosurgery to just take it out of him and then just blows up the device. And you'd think blowing up the device would presumably also set off the virus bombs. But, hey, good news, it doesn't. I mean, that or removing it from his heart would then make the thing go, oh, no heartbeat, time to go off. Yeah. Either of those two things would, because ultimately you have to make it so if the machine gets blown up, then the virus bombs go off, or else all that all that Win has really done is establish that you can't like stab him to death. You have to blow him up. Yeah, it's oh you because you, you can't <laughs> kill him in any way that doesn't also destroy the little monitor. Yeah, so definitely make sure you explode him, <laughs> or at least shoot him in the heart monitor. <laughs> uh, there's just so much shit in this movie that that. I mean, there's a scene when he's driving because he thinks that uh, Wanda is going to be under attack by Wynn. So he steals a motorcycle, Spawn does, and starts driving to Wanda's house to help. And Violator shows up in a truck to mess with him. And even in the truck, I'm sure they filmed this because they were like, oh, I want to have the clown in a truck fighting Spawn on a motorcycle because that's a cool set piece. But then because they were like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Violator needs Spawn alive for the plan to work. I'll put a line in in the truck where he just goes, ah, I'm going to piss Spawn off so he's willing to kill Wynn, which yeah. is what he is currently driving out to do. It's such a weird, useless scene where it's like, ah, Violator's coming out here and going against his own plans because 
like you say, he says, oh, I'm just going to make him so angry. I'm like, yeah, but you're not making him angry at when you're making him angry at you he sees you <laughs> driving the truck he knows it's you <laughs> he's just like, i'm just gonna get him all wound up and i'm like why don't you just let him do what he was doing he had already stolen a motorcycle and grabbed a bunch of guns to go kill win with maybe you could just let this play out nope i've gotta randomly have a empty street race fight with me in a big truck and him on a motorcycle where we basically don't interact at all i'm gonna shoot explosives that will just make pyrotechnics blow up near a motorcycle yeah and eventually he'll use his cape to make the motorcycle invincible yeah he turns the motorcycle into just like a giant spike in the ground oh that's the second time the first time he just gives the motorcycle armor and then uh, Violator responds to the motorcycle being bulletproof now by saying, okay, time for some necro goo. And I and don't just... know why that is a thing or what that is, because it seems to just make him slip and, you know, fall on the motorcycle. Why is it necro goo and what does that matter? Because it didn't seem to stop him from using any powers afterwards. It didn't do anything to him. Yeah, it could have just been oil or something, but it was definitely necro goo. Well, yeah, it's important uh, that they know uh, necro goo. You have to know this. Yeah, and that the violator was prepared for this fight by having a tanker truck filled up with hell hell juice just for this purpose. Oh yeah, I assume this is definitely just something that he has kept around. He's got a garage yeah. somewhere with a bunch of dumb, goofy ass, <laughs> useless vehicles. Every time there's a big change or a setup or a twist in this movie. When you stop and examine it, it's insane and stupid. Because the next thing that happens is, when after this fight, and as John mentioned, uh, the motorcycle falls down, so Spawn gets up. Violator tries to hit him with a tanker truck. Spawn responds by turning himself into a giant spike for the truck to run into, and it blows uh, Violator up into orbit. And he's just like, I'll see it, Wanda's! <laughs> when, they, when he gets to Wanda's, well, there's Wynn, and he's got... Wanda tied to a, a hell version of a St. Andrew's cross. And he's like, if you come any clo- closer, I'm going to slit her throat. I need you to join the hell army and help Violator. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, that, that's never been your agenda. It did, what, what happened here? I mean, I assume Violator was like, hey, if you get Simmons to lead the army, then something, something, you get a bonus or whatever. But yeah, the fact that he's like, yeah, I. This whole time, I've mostly just been thinking I want to murder you or, you know, take over the world. But now I'm on board with this plan. And if you don't lead the army, I'm going to kill Wanda. Yeah. And and then when when uh, Spawn doesn't answer fast enough, he kills Wanda. And you're like, oh, shit, that's a big moment. Maybe he's going to have to fix that with his hell powers or, I don't know, turn time backwards or something. No, he just... That's just Violator in disguise as Wanda. And the real question is, why? Why is that Violator in disguise? I mean, honestly, the real question for me is, why did he stab Wanda in the first place? Like, if what he was going for was, I want to get him to lead the armies of hell, and the only thing he cares about is Wanda, you'd think, haha, you took too long, I killed her, would be the worst thing you could do. Yeah. Now, I, I thought there there could potentially be a reason for why he would kill, wouldn't kill Wanda, but would maybe that Violator would be part of the system, which is just so that they could use Wanda as leverage again in the future, maybe. I guess. But ultimately, 
Wanda Violet doesn't kill, care if Wanda gets killed. What's the fake out for? I mean, mostly just so that we can have a dumb fake out and Violator give a ooh, I was a lady joke. Yeah, exactly. It's completely pointless. It sucks. Uh, but w- Wanda Wanda gets stabbed and uh, he gets real mad about that, does Spawn. So he starts hurling, uh, he starts hurling Wynn around the room. Wynn reveals that there's a- that the rest of the family is, is hostages in one room. After he kills Wanda, v- Spawn's like, okay, well now I'm for sure going to definitely kill you. Because I have nothing left to live for. And he's like, but if you kill me, then a million other people on Earth are also going to die. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, you killed the one bargaining chip you had, you idiot. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, there's your daughter still. No, he doesn't say it's it's his daughter. There's her. No, I know. She will die there's too. Her. Yeah. And that causes Spawn to put all of his spikes away and be like, okay, I got to stop and reconsider this. And while he's doing that, I guess Violator gets bored and well, it's just like, Okay, well, time to get in a fight as Wanda. I mean, he he does do his little green eye laser surgery thing at that point when he's like, oh, but if you kill me, then bombs go off. And he's like, oh, uh, I guess magic, magic, magic. No. Yeah. Yeah. He just necrosurgeries it out of him. And then Wanda, he, and then they're like, well, now you can kill him. And he's like, no, I won't do hell's dirty work anymore. I made the decision right here. Generally the same place everyone makes that decision after they killed all the henchmen. And yeah, then, you know, evil Wanda starts kicking his face and being like, you dumb motherfucker, I set all of this up and how dare you being a spot is a privilege, not a right. <laughs> and, like, and then Cogliostro shows up to be part of the fight. So that causes a Violator to get scared and run. And he he goes to hell, and then this is the best part. He's like, hey, you two, come on to my house, and sucks them into hell through the fireplace so we can have the hell fight. And I just kept thinking, was this always an option? Just dragging him to hell? Because it seems like there shouldn't be an issue here. Like, if if all you need (laughs) is for him to, like, do your dirty work or whatever, you'd be like, oh, you're not. Okay, let's go to hell. I'm going to, I don't know, torture you for a while, and then we'll see if you're more willing to work for us or anything but no he's just got the power to drag people to hell for some reason so he drags them to hell and violator shows up to attack cogliostro spawn lands on a different rock farther away but he shows up to help fight violator uh he manages to knock violator down malabolgia shows up and is like now you must fight your own giant army oh and by the way I guess you might as well get this plot consideration out of the way. Terry has secret information, which is why Wynn showed up at his house at all. Uh, Terry being the, fr- the the old friend. And yeah. and yeah, so just just so you know, that's there and happening. But Malabolgia shows up and is like, you have to fight your own army now, Spawn. And it turns out his whole army is just a whole army of spawns. Yeah, but I guess just shitty versions of him because he can well, yeah, eye laser go, them to death. <laughs> Which he does. He eye lasers every single one of them to death. Uh, but not, I guess not every single one, a lot of them. And then a bunch more show up and he's like, well, I'm almost out of eye lasers. I guess I'll just fly us up out of the tube that takes us out of hell. I guess it's time to just fart my way upwards to earth. And at this point they both land in earth and they're like, okay, okay, we, we made it. We did the thing where the movie should be over. Right. Anyway, I, I think it looks like that's a happy family with Terry and, and Wanda, so I should probably stay out of it. Yeah. And Cogliostro reveals that he's been testing him this whole time, that he's supposed to take over as the new spawn. And he's like, oh, you know, 
you you passed all of my tests. Oh, but what what would you do if I had decided to take Malbolgia's offer? Oh, I would have killed you. I'm like, yeah, probably. This guy's an idiot. Like, it's been established throughout this entire movie that Al Simmons, for all of his, I guess, ability to murder people, is a dumb motherfucker. Uh, yes. I mean, especially in the scene where uh, where Cagliostro is teaching him to use his powers, and he's like, yes, there is a better way. Let me show you. And then he starts speedy Gonzalesing around him real fast, wrapping him in one chain at a time. And Spawn just stands there like, huh, this is a thing that is happening to me. Oh, that's weird. This dude's putting <laughs> chains on me. Huh. Oh, I, I guess could, I'll I let could... this play out and see where he goes. <laughs> you better be going somewhere with this. And, and of course, the movie's not over. Uh, Violator is using camouflage to hide and pretend to be a wall. And then he, he grabs people and starts fighting in the building. And Spawn, he's like, Cagliostro's like, Spawn, you have to use your special Spawn powers. You can't fight this guy without your special Spawn powers. Yeah. And, and Spawn's like, oh shit, I'll make spikes come out of my head when he tries to bite my head. Yeah. And the the thing that was a very brief throwaway line earlier in the movie about, like, I guess the only way you can kill a Spawn or really anyone that's kind of made of this necroplasm is to cut their head off for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kills at least kills violator enough to send him back to hell for a while. So after he gets a bunch of spikes through his mouth, uh, and on Cogliostro's instructions, spawn throws out the chains, turns them into a, a thing wrapping around violator's neck, pulls blades out of them, and then uses that to chainsaw violator's head off. Yes. It's a cool kill. If he wasn't killing, you know, that bad CGI violator, this would be really awesome. Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely a thing watching this movie where I go, I understand the idea of trying to redo this because we just did not have the technology to make this look anything but awful. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, well, we did. You could have had practical effects and it would have looked much better, but whatever. Uh, yeah, the, the thing is though, I'm still like watching this going, I know that there are so many characters and dumb little things from the spawn universe that they would want to put in here that yeah. don't matter. And no one gives a shit about, and yeah. only the people who cared about spawn would, and that's not a large enough audience. <laughs> I think they went with a couple characters. I mean, you're going to need a real bad guy, which is where Wynn comes in. And I think a lot of people knew who Violator was because he'd been in the cartoon and the, the action figures of him were very popular. So I think they were like, OK, we're going to really lean into Violator in this. Oh, yeah. That was one of the few things that they were like, even if you haven't read Spawn, Violator is basically the one bad guy you probably know because it's a little fat clown that turns into a big stretched out weird monster. And you've seen these in Sam Goody so much that you know what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, after he cuts his head off, we cut to a scene outside where Terry... This scene is basically like the end of a, a Neil Breen movie, where, where like a reporter... And it's the same reporter we've seen in every reporter shot in the film. Yes. Uh, but a reporter is, is talking to Terry, and she's like, so you will tell us all of the information about all of the crimes that Jason Wynn was completing? And he's like, yes... I unfortunately was involved in his acts of international terrorism 
on the inside, but all the information that will definitely prove he is a villain is on the CD-ROM drives that I have already provided to the media. I have killed 8 million humans today. (laughs) Uh, And just a little thing. When I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, shit, I know that reporter. Who is that reporter? And then it turns out, uh, I know her because she was Jenny Calendar on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and that's why I know her, and that's my story. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Uh, and then we just cut to Spawn brooding. He's up on a on a big old clock tower with his cape radiating out around him all over the place, and I gotta assume that that's just using up his plasms. Oh, yeah. Given that the like base state of Spawn is no cape, he has to generate the cape if he wants it, you're like, oh, you're just gonna sit on top of some cross on a cathedral and have your cape giantly flap out, and that is definitely using some of your plasm to do, and no one's looking at you. This is just for you. Yeah, and those of us here in the audience who will look at it and be like, wow, that sure does uh, that sure does look like a fruit roll-up. That, <laughs> that sure does look like they tried to emulate one of the covers from Spawn and ended up just having a fruit roll-up. Well, amusingly, they actually do add literally a cover from Spawn and also a Batman cover that's very famous at one point where he escapes from something or other. And then for like a split second, it shows him uh, up on a rooftop with a cape sticking way out in front of him and then billowing off in the distance away from him. And that is a Spawn cover, but it's only in the movie for like a hot second. It's just one of the things they wipe to before wiping away again immediately. Yeah, that's a thing that this movie for no reason likes doing a lot where it's like, we're finished with this scene. Let's wipe to something. We'll look at a guy for five seconds and then mm-hmm. we'll wipe away from it. Uh, yeah, okay. there are so many times it wipes to Cogliostro and he just goes, it is time or doesn't even say anything. And then it just wipes away again. <laughs> and when we say wipe, I don't mean it cuts. I mean, this movie uses like burn wipes every time it changes scenes. Oh, yeah. It is just the worst CGI fire as a wipe. Yeah, every time. So there's all these scenes where the last fire wipe isn't even gone yet before the next one starts showing up. Yeah, it's... God, this movie is real bad, which, uh... Hey. Hey? Hey, Jeff. Yeah? What's up? Oh, also, a lot of Marilyn Manson on that soundtrack, which is uh, only unfortunate nowadays, but boy, is it ever. I mean, there's only the one song. They just happened to play it twice. <laughs> True. Uh, fuck it. Let's do our bests and worsts for this. Sure, sure. Jeff? Give me your favorite bit from this movie. Okay, well, I, I want to throw a little bit of special mention to a kind of historic... For, for all of how stupid this movie is, it does have a bit of historical significance. This is the first movie about a black superhero. Oh, really? This is before Steel? I believe it is before Steel, yes. Uh, I, it, it predates Blade by a year. I'm trying to remember when Steel came out, but I think it's it, it, it was uh, it was later. Hmm. Oh, it's the same year. Oh, okay. So now I don't know which one technically came out first, but uh, when you look up Spawn, it'll tell you it's the first black superhero movie. Yeah. I and mean, I, I think that's not counting like Blank Man <laughs> or Meteor Man. So there may be a couple of exceptions out there. But uh, but this movie has some historical significance in that, in that Spawn, for, for as, as dumb and, and irritating as I find him, is an important milestone character as a big deal uh, marquee black superhero. I mean, I, also, I get that. Yeah. But also. But uh, I, I know. But also, my favorite thing about this movie, for the most part, is the opening sequences where it's just Michael Jai White 
being a badass mercenary because I love Michael Jai White. <laughs> and I was so happy to see, I, I'm like, this movie, okay, this is a really weird thing, right? You know how it's a big thing in superhero movies where the superhero uh, always has to have their face out of their mask all the time so that the the uh, the actor can, can be seen? Mm-hmm. In this movie, he wears a prosthetic face burn all the time. He is always burned up with this face prosthetic thing, and they still do that anyway. Yeah. He, he almost never puts on the spawn helmet, and it's like, why? It's not like you're seeing Michael Jai White's face. I'm, not, I'm sure his agent wasn't like, we need 40% more of him wearing the burn mask as opposed to the spawn mask. I'm going to be honest. After he figured out that the cape could make him look like a wall, I thought for sure he was going to be like, oh, well, I'll just use my powers to look like regular me then. But it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's a very weird thing. Uh, but uh, the, the opening scenes where it's just him and you can actually see his face and he's a really good actor and I like him. That was my favorite part. What was yours? Oh, uh, God. I... I don't know. It's really hard to come up with a favorite thing in this. Like, I want to say, because I love John Leguizamo, and like you said, he does commit to the bit way too much in this. Mm -hmm. But also, everything they give him to do is the worst. Well, I mean, yeah. Eating the earthworms, eating them. They basically, he's just a long-running gross-out gag, and eventually it gets very tiresome. Yeah. There's only so many times you can have John Leguizamo do, like, a fart joke before you're like, dude, I don't. I'm trying to watch that Spawn. That was a wet one. Yeah. You don't need to show me your streaky underwear. This is just a bad. There's There are so many fart jokes in this movie, and they're all just him, and they're all just him farting and going, ah, I farted. And you're just like, okay, yeah. I, there, there isn't even a punchline here. It's just you farting. Yeah, he'll be like, that was a wet one. And you're like, okay, great. There's a scene where he walks into Wanda's house and he's he's eye high to Wanda's boobs and he's like, ah, it's times like these, I'm glad I'm a midget. And you're like, God, I wish I What's weird though is that there is another point in the movie that I watched. They say him let they let him say that. That makes it through the TV edit. But there's a scene where Spawn calls him a uh, a diseased riddled midget or something, and they change it to you syphilitic maggot in the uh in the over the uh, voiceover. Hmm. And I'm like, wait, how come one midget gets to fly? Is there a number of times you can say midget in PG-13 movies? The uh, the other thing is, of course, this has the uh, the R slur in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> because while in the giant scene where Violator is trying to drill through Spawn's head that he is dead and does that for 15 minutes to him going, what? Uh, some Satan yeah. worshippers show up and uh, it's the dumbest and worst but oh yeah the satan worshipers it's just a little joke they show up they're awful uh violator chases them away and he's like yeah we get all the worst followers yep so uh, anyway anyway i'd say my favorite thing in this now that i've stalled long enough is actually probably the way that they deal with uh terry the partner because it would be very easy to be like oh we want to make him a dirt bag so that you know he's not with Wanda and that gives our hero something, but no, he's, he's just a good guy. He's trying to do the right thing and expose win. And you're like, okay, good. Yeah. There's not a lot of ambiguity to it. Yeah. Like he doesn't even go on the murder ridiculous missions. He's just was an analyst and then a PR guy. Yeah. <laughs> But there you go. That's uh, that, that it's it's the character is okay. It's nice that he has no like 
secret evil agenda or anything. He's just a nice guy. Yeah, it's just nice yeah. that he was trying to do the right thing. Uh, yeah. Worst thing in the movie for you? I mean, I would probably go with the character of Jessica Priest being so disposable. There's a whole lot of bad. I don't really want to throw it at the special effects because it's 1997. Sure, this movie is three years older than Toy Story. Uh, so you know that CG- good CGI is possible. But, you know, rather than worrying about that, it is... The, the the Jessica Priest character is a big deal, and she just gets shot and dispatched easily. And they spend all this time setting her up as a cool assassin who works on the bad guy side, and then she's just gone, so that you can fit in more Violator. Yeah, and you know, part of me when that happened, they're like, "Well, she was shot in the head; she's dead now." And they make like a very big thing of saying like she is now dead, and cover her up and put her away. I was like, "Oh, this is." She's a character that comes back later, isn't she? Yeah. Well, it's because she is, but I only it would have to be in another movie because oh, yeah. she does. She gets she gets hell powers too. All these people get hell powers. Apparently, Wynn eventually gets possessed by Violator and gets the Violator face paint. Great. So all of these people are eventually supervillains. Good, wonderful. Yeah. So there you go. So many supervillains. Um. Anyway, uh, but Priest was your least, was your least favorite. favorite. Thing? Yes. Uh, I mean, I think I will still put it on the CGI. Honestly, it's... Please. The worst thing is Malbolgia. In a entire film full of cringe-inducing, even for the time, CGI, Malbolgia is a distinctly bad piece, where it's yeah. just a unmoving, barely able-to-be-looked-at piece of like 3d render where you're like oh man this this really looks like a rough draft that didn't get finished yeah i thought part of it was at least fairly ballsy that they were like you know what we're putting it out like this good enough this is as far as we can go and we're gonna make the movie now fuck it we've got enough of <laughs> this guy that we could technically put him on film i know that 90 percent of him is not animated or look good but by yeah. god <laughs> I mean, Malibulgia, I get. I would say the lightning bolt that spawned fires at the army of hell is definitely the worst looking part as far as I'm concerned. But boy, the CGI in this, they were just, they just weren't ready. No. And again, it's one of those things where I'm like, if you had done a big, like, actual cape for the, like, two scenes that you need the cape to do a thing, like, use an actual big cape. Or... Make a model of Malbolgia or Violator. Use that for the close-up scenes when you need him to hit a thing. That yeah. would look a billion times better than what we actually got. Very true. This is uh, ultimately just kind of disappointing. It's it, it's neat that someone made it, and I, I having seen it, I kind of hope that maybe someday uh, McFarland really does get his chance to make another one with modern effects. But boy, this is this is a slog. Yeah. It's, it's real, real tough. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Give it a rating. We're each going to give it a rating from zero to five for a rating out of 10. Jeff. Uh, I don't know, a two. I think a two is about right. There's parts of this. I mean, ultimately the problem with this movie is that the hero action all sucks. There's never a point where you're like, I'm glad I'm watching this because it's cool to watch this heroic, heroic action. Yeah. Because it's always, they can't actually make it look good. So they don't. So mostly it's just okay for the story and so on, and it just sucks for every other reason. So I'm giving it a two. What about you? Uh, I'm giving it a one and a half because it, one, is incredibly boring to watch. Like, even Mm -hmm. with 
these garbage movies, like before they figured out what a superhero movie could actually do, you know, at least you could go in and be like, well, I'm going to watch a dude punch another dude. That's cool. But they completely waste Michael Jai White, who can fight, and they don't let him in the entire movie do anything. Yeah, there's one scene where he high kicks win and th- through a wall, and it was kind of nice to see that happen. But then you're like, wait, the reason they're not letting him fight is because he's wearing that full body rubber armor suit and he can't move in it. I finally understand. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, you you goofed. You got a guy who actually knows how to fight and put him in a thing where he can't and you won't let him anyway. It is a waste of talent. It is a waste of Leguizamo. It is disgusting to look at as well as boring. It's a 1.5 and it only doesn't go lower because uh, I'm feeling generous. <laughs> That's fair. That gives it a three and a half. Yeah, three and a half out of ten. Spawn is real, real bad. Who knows? Maybe in the future they'll make one that isn't just narration, exposition, and bad CGI. But until that point, this is what we've got. <laughs> yep, until such time. And you know what you've got is the ability to go to patreon.com slash system mastery. Join us at the $5 level and you're going to unlock TV mastery. We are going through the littlest hobo and mm-hmm. we got two big special guest stars in the episode for today. Not on our show, but in the actual episode. And yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> it is great. I love it. It's wonderful to see people before they were really famous, and it's also wonderful to see a dog catch a frisbee. So please, won't you join us in TV Mastery while we yeah, discuss the, the, the machinations of Hero Dog? That's at the $5 level, but there are so many other levels you can also unlock. If you're at the $5 level, you're unlocking like 7 to 10 extra podcasts a month. It is an incredible deal if you like what we do. Yeah, and... You know, you can support us at any level, which will help support the show, lets us keep doing what we're doing, and even if you can't monetarily, you can go out, give us a five-star rating on whatever you listen to this on, because the algorithm for everything is either five-star or this is garbage, so it's pretty mm-hmm. much just a five-star or nothing. Uh, <laughs> and That'll tell help a friend, us grow. tell someone, tell an enemy, yep. tell me, <laughs> email me to tell me about my show. Absolutely. Just tell John, because that way he'll start listening. Maybe John will end up giving us a dollar. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> Stop giving all your Patreon money to Blazeball. No, I refuse. Blazeball gets all my money. Please support us <laughs> so that I can continue to support Blazeball. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, we'll be back in another couple of weeks with more Movie Mastery. And until then, you have a good one.